2019 at City of Life is the year of hearing heaven. And in our efforts as a church to do so, we look to the Bible for the various ways that God shone through and spoke to his people. One such occasion was Jesus' baptism. And the Bible records in Matthew 17 that upon his baptism, a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You see, baptism is central to the pursuit of hearing heaven. And in this message today, entitled Make It Official, Associate Pastor Justin McNeil talks through baptism and how it should affect our daily lives. Enjoy this message from the City of Life Church podcast. Today is a very special service that we call Saturate. It's a day that's all about baptism, and I'm really excited to get into the Word with you. So turn with me to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. Romans 6, verse 1 through 4. Hopefully you're turning there with us, or if you're watching online, you're maybe clicking over on Bible Gateway or whatever it is that you're going to use. We're going to read this together. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We've died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed, baptized into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? Sharing in his death by baptism means that we are co-buried I love that word. That's why I picked this version. We are co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. So then we have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. The title of this message today is Make It Official. Make it official. Let's pray. Father, thank you that as we get into the word today that you're gonna minister to hearts and lives. Thank you for what you've done over Easter weekend last week, but today is a new day, and I know there's purpose to each person in the room today. I pray that you'd move in the hearts of people that are here, and as people are getting baptized today, God, I ask that you would move in in mighty ways, that people would get into that pool and take a step of devotion that's going to transform the landscape of their life. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So out of curiosity, who here has been baptized at any point in your life? a lot of people. All right. How many of those would say that it was in your childhood years, maybe infant or child stage? Wow. Also a lot of people. Okay. So I have a similar story. I have two, I've been baptized twice, once as a child and once as an adult. And I want to kind of tell you these stories because they're pretty funny. So the first, I think I was 11, maybe 12. I don't know. I was on a a ski trip with, at that point, Pastor Jeff was my youth pastor, which I got to say, I feel like I just have the, the best upbringing. For Pastor Jeff to have been my youth pastor, you think he's, you think he's great? Man, when he was a youth pastor, he was like, we would do the craziest things. Yuli was in all, like everyone you see up here, we were all in youth group together. To me, that first of all speaks to that great things don't happen overnight. Like if you look up here and you think like, wow, these people just came out of nowhere. We've been, we've been here for a long time. In fact, I'm going to tell on Yuli. Like, oh, he's one of my favorite worship leaders. He, he's up here. He and I used to share a microphone in youth group. Yuli used to wear a do-rag and jerseys and Tims and huge baggy jeans leading worship like that. I like that style. I like this style. You're amazing, Yuli. Can we thank Yuli for how he serves tirelessly all the time? 
So we were, we were all on a ski trip together in uh, North Carolina, and we're in this cabin, and Pastor Jeff, he's just, he's so, like, obedient to when God says something, we're going to do it even if it doesn't make sense. So we're in the middle of this cabin at night on a mountainside in the snow, and Pastor Jeff says, we're going to have baptisms. I was like, okay, we're going to have baptisms. I don't know how this is going to work, but I was, like, so little, and I was just like, whatever, whatever you say, we're going to do, yes. And so he said, go, go find shorts if you want to be baptized and go get baptized. So I go running to my cabin and find shorts that I just happened to have, and I come running back, and they had no means of baptizing people except for in one of the cabins there was a hot tub. So he's like, fill it up, and he had, like, the worship team come in, and they're playing the guitar, and, like, we're getting into the tub, and I'm, like, freezing because I ran in the snow in just shorts. So I come in, and he's... I'm too big because I was a little husky at that point in my life. So I'm too big for the hot tub. So my legs are sticking up in the air. And he says, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I was like, I think so. I don't know. This is a hot tub. And I come up. (laughs) Amazing experience in my life. And then I didn't bring my towel or my clothes. So I ran back to my cabin in the snow, dripping wet. I don't know how I made it alive out of that situation. But I look back on it fondly uh, because it was just like this wild, blind obedience where I just knew as an 11-year-old, like, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I don't even know what this means, but I'm saying yes. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I had that moment. But then much later in my life, I was 19 or 20, uh, I, was finishing, I was finishing up college, last semester of college, and uh, my wife and I, who were then dating, uh, studied abroad with uh, some, some students in a program, uh, and we lived in Jerusalem for a semester. Amazing experience. And so one day, the professor says, we're going uh, to the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. And I kind of went into it like, I've already been baptized in a hot tub, so I don't know how this is going to go. But as I, as I got there, I just realized, like, I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. And I started to contemplate because I initially thought, but I've already been baptized. But then I thought, what had happened between that 11-year-old boy to the man I was at that moment? And I thought about my blind, willing yes back then, but then the eyes wide open yes that I could give today. I thought about the cost of saying yes and knowing the cost, what it would mean to say yes. I thought about everything I'd heard God say. I thought about the failures that I'd experienced, the successes. And I thought about what it meant to commit to Jesus in that moment. And when I got baptized, I go down in the water. First of all, it was freezing cold. That water was so cold. So it, like, I get in, and I, it looks like I'm catching the Holy Spirit, but I was just catching like pneumonia. I was like... <laughs> And it was like, much like my hot tub baptism, the professor was like, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I was like, I don't know, I think so, maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I baptize and I come up out, but I, I, I'm so grateful for that day, October 19th, 2009, the day that my life was changed because I made a public declaration that my life belonged to Jesus. <laughs> this is not to discount that childhood experience that I had. I'm grateful for it. It's a part of my story. But I couldn't let what happened back then keep me from what God was trying to do in that moment in my life. And I knew as a man I had to make a decision to take this public step of devotion to Jesus or my journey would never have been the same. And so in much the same way today, I'm not here to discount anyone's experience. If you've had water sprinkled on you or you've been dunked as a kid, that's great. I celebrate that that's part of your story. But what I'm trying to say today is that if your baptism is not affecting your behavior right now, today, then you have not appreciated the depth of what it's all about. 
If it's just something that happened in a, a picture that you remember back then, then you're missing the fullness of what this act is all about. And so perhaps, much like me, today might be a day where you need to make a decision as an adult, fully aware of what this yes means, so that your life can look forever different. So baptism is this beautiful and symbolic and meaningful act. And these first few verses in Roman explain what it is. Paul says it's in baptism that we are included in the death of Christ. When you go down into the water, you are co-buried. I love that word. You are co-buried. You identify with that death. Going into that water, you are making a public declaration. Baptism is not a private act. It's very, very public. You're telling everyone that my old way of living, my, my opinions my ambitions, my addictions, my attitude, my attitude, <laughs> there's a lot of other words, but we'll just leave it there, my attitude, and everything about me is going down into that water, and I am putting to death that old way of life as Jesus has enabled me to do so because of his sacrifice on the cross. I'm dying to that old way of living, and when I come up out of the water, I'm coming up in the new life of Christ. Now, I almost violated every rule of preaching today, and honestly, I highly considered just reading all of Romans 6 to you, like the whole chapter. I really, really thought about it. I almost still might, but you should read this chapter. We don't give homework, but this is your homework. Like, please, read it as a family. Sit around and talk about it. All of Romans 6, I suggest the Passion Translation just because it's got this fresh perspective, but this whole chapter, Paul is talking about grace and sin and how baptism can be the determining factor in how you change your life, change your behavior because of the public commitment that comes with it. And he's talking about you've been set free from your old life of sin. You've been given grace, and in baptism, that old life died, and baptism is the recognition of that, and anyone who's died to sin is set free free from sin's control. Jesus set you free from the dominating power of sin. Jesus set you free from the power of sin. Jesus set you free from the power of sin. Jesus set you free from the power of sin. If that's something that doesn't motivate you, if you're like, I heard that before, then you haven't heard it enough because it should rock you to your core. Without Jesus, you have no choice but to be dominated by sin. And so often, you know, we take this long finger of judgment and we point at people out there who don't know Jesus and say, look at all this stuff they're doing. Do we remember what it was like or has it been so long that we can't remember what it was like to be bound in sin, dead in sin? It makes no, it makes no, uh, it makes no sense to fault a dead man for being dead. He can't do anything about it. He needs to be revived. And for us to, to look at the world and say, oh, you're being so dead. They're dead. It does no good. Jesus is the only reason you and I are alive. Sin is dominating and it dictates our lives. And without Jesus, we have no choice but to be bound to our own urges, our own, our own appetites, our, our self-sabotage and self-destruction. But Jesus set us free from that power. He set us free from that power. But the problem is not sinners sinning, it's those of us who have the freedom that Jesus has given choosing sin. The problem is not when sinners sin, because they can't do anything about it. I'm not saying they don't have responsibility. They will answer for every choice they make, but they have no alternative until the open door of Jesus gives them a path to walk on. The problem is when saints sin, because we have a path 
of righteousness laid out for his name's sake. The door has been opened to us. We've said yes, and then sometimes we still choose to go back that old way. Jesus killed your old life. It's like a corpse, but we try to resuscitate it every now and then. We're like, oh, Sunday, I'm living my life for Jesus. But wait, Friday night's coming. Let me try to revive this old thing real quick. Let me see if I can look the way I used to, act the way I used to, talk the way I used to. You got your Sunday crew, but then you got your Saturday crew as well. You've got the way you talk to people, but then you've got the way you DM people. And we try to have this life that Christ gave us and then this corpse that Christ killed. You remember Weekend at Bernie's? Are we, are we, are we too old to talk about this? Like this corpse that we try to take to the party and we try to keep it moving. Like, it's good. He's fine. He's down. Whatever. Yeah, like he's chilling. But Jesus killed it and we try to carry it around. But let me tell you what, friends. When you're doing this double life thing, you look pretty dumb. You are trying to animate a corpse. You're trying to move around this thing that Jesus came to kill. And the only thing that we can see is that it's dead and it stinks. It doesn't smell good. Jesus killed it. And in baptism, he expects you to bury it. Baptism is the burial of what Jesus already killed. We didn't have the power to kill it. Jesus had the power to kill it. But baptism is the burial, the entombment. And if you're like me, you don't want that thing six feet under. You want it like 10 feet under. Like I need that thing dead and gone and buried. I'm not putting flowers on that grave. That thing's done. Baptism is the burial of your old life. It's saying, I'm not picking that thing up anymore. I'm committed to this life in Jesus. That's the power of what baptism is, that we have been given grace. And that's why, that's why Jesus said, believe and be baptized. They go hand in hand. He didn't say, believe and then if you want, be baptized. No, he said, believe and be baptized because this act, it's a public declaration of what has happened inside of you. It comes out of you. It should be this visceral, violent, R-rated act of devotion to Jesus where you, you slaughter this. I know I'm using really descriptive language, but you slaughter this old way of life. Baptism is the public devotion that I belong to God. I'm his and no one else's. I love that my baptisms were both in very cold water because I cannot forget those days. I cannot forget the sting of the water or the shortness of my breath before I was dunked into that water or the way it felt to be covered in that sensation when I came up out of the water. Much the same way baptism, if it weren't for Jesus, you would feel the sting of your suffering and the shortness of breath of how sin chokes the life out of you. But when you go into that grace that Jesus gives you, you come up covered in it. Not one part of you is, is disqualified from the grace. You are immersed, covered, dripping with grace so that your life is filled with grace and you are dripping grace on others. That's what baptism is. Grace is powerful. And if you don't have that visceral, vivid, milestone moment in your story, today will be that day. Today can be that day. Today should be that day. Again, not to discount your past, but if, if water was flicked on you, that's great. But if it's not what I'm describing here, then you're missing the meaning of this moment. Thank God for your story. Thank God for the parents who wanted to commit you in the ways of God. But this is not this. We're talking about something altogether different that affects your behavior, your attitude, your worldview. Yeah, there's responsibility in it. And if you were a baby unaware of what was happening, you were not accepting the responsibility. 
Today, you can accept the responsibility to live for Jesus. And grace is a powerful gift that's given to us. I hope I can articulate this the way that, that God breathed it to me. Grace, so many people use grace as a license to sin. And I'm just telling the truth in church today. We think, oh, Jesus loves me. Jesus forgives me. So I'm going to do this one more time. Just one more time. You know? Like we, we tow this line. We say, Father, forgive me for what I'm about to do. Hey. Like we know I'll get, by, I'll get away with this because I've got grace. I've got Jesus. Friend, if you're using grace to sin, you don't understand the first thing about grace. Hear me well. Grace does not free you to do what you want. It frees you from doing what you want. Without grace, you are a slave to your own desires, your urges, your appetites, your self-sabotage, your self-destruction, the power of sin, the power of temptation. Grace comes not so you can say yes to whatever you want, but so you can finally say no to what you want so you can finally do what God wants. Grace is a sword that you can slice through your own way of living and release the power of Jesus in your life. Grace is the ability to kill Justin so Jesus might live through him. Grace is, is a, a, an attack on your way of life and an invitation for the God kind of life. Grace is not your pass to go do what you want on Saturday and then come ask for forgiveness on Sunday. Grace is your ability to say, not today, devil. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not doing this. Grace is your strength to say no when temptation comes. That's what grace is. And so there's more to baptism than just water. It's being baptized out of sin. And if you're here today and you're like, I knew all this, Pastor Justin. Great message. Hope someone in the room receives because I'm very aware of all these things. Good for you. I'm glad that you are up to speed, but there's layers to baptism. And I'm going to now speak of another facet that perhaps you haven't considered, and I pray that it rocks you the way that it's rocked me. Because baptism is not just out of sin. We're being baptized in to a family. There is a responsibility to the community of faith once you are baptized. Ephesians says it this way. I don't know if we have that verse back there. Uh, it's, it's, I think I sent it. It's Ephesians. We might read it together. Uh, there we go. So Ephesians 4, verse 1, Paul says, As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always, someone say always, demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another. This is Paul talking to Christians. So we're talking inside the church especially toward those who may try your patience. No pointing, please. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit as you were called in the same glorious hope of divine destiny. And then here we go. For the Lord God is one, and so are we the church. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. The point of this verse is saying there's one baptism that we all go through. 
and it is what unites us. We are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You don't have options. You don't have variations. You don't have different shades of this baptism. If you are baptized into the name of Jesus, you're on the same playing field as everyone else in all of history and across the face of the earth who has said yes to Jesus. We are equalized in Jesus. We're united in Jesus in one baptism, one set of standards. We are Christians. And the problem is when we try to add on to that. We try to say, I'm a this Christian. Or, oh, no, I'm a that Christian. There is no this or that. It's Jesus first and Jesus always. We are united by this one faith and this one baptism. There is no male baptism and female baptism. There's not a black baptism and a white baptism and a brown baptism. There's no rich baptism or poor baptism. There's no old baptism or young baptism. There's no educated baptism or uneducated baptism. There's one baptism for all people, and it's in the name of Jesus. And when you go down into those waters, you come up into a family that is united by that one truth. And see, division happens when we cling to our own truths. But baptism is God's gift to the church to remain united in a world that's divided. Because we don't have separate truths. This, this idea, man, it gets me in culture. I never talks about my truth. My truth. No, we have one truth in Jesus. Jesus is the only truth. And it's not mine, it's not yours. It's the truth. He is the truth, the way, the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. Your story, yeah, we can talk about it. Your experience, yeah, we can talk about it. But my truth is not more important than the truth. The only truth we cling to is Jesus. And if we hold our own opinions and our own stances of things, that's when we become divided. And the world is a weird place, man. Right now, people are divided over everything, dude. Have you ever been on Facebook? It's crazy. Like, obviously, we know, like, the political stuff. It gets apocalyptic, which is sad. But, I mean, just like normal stuff, like... I love pizza. And then like the first comment is, did you know that pizza's killing you? <laughs> and then the next comment is, well, I didn't ask you your opinion. If you don't like my opinion, then block me. <laughs> it's like, bro, we're talking about pizza. You know, like, don't spoil Avengers for me. I will unfriend you. I will hate you forever. It's like, come on, like, we get so divided over such meaningless things because everyone is holding to their truth and everyone else has to kind of be subjected to how they see things. In baptism, we drown our own opinions, our own ambitions, our own perspectives, and we come up with one truth, which is Jesus. We're baptized into a family, one faith, and one baptism. And one of the most important dynamics of being a Christian is how you get along with other Christians. You're like, whoa, I didn't see this coming in a baptism sermon. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Why is that guy in the Foot Locker shirt preaching on this? <laughs> You were all thinking it too. Everyone's laughing because they were thinking it. <laughs> Y'all mean. I walked in, someone was like, what's up, Beetlejuice? And I was like, <laughs> Then Pastor Cassie called, and Pastor Cassie said, she was like, hey, the prison called. They want their shirt back. It's like, thanks, Pastor Cassie. I hope you cough while you sing. <laughs> she didn't. She's the best singer ever. It's unfair. <laughs> I just look like a referee. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's come back. <laughs> the way that we love each other, the way that we are treating other believers is one of the most important things about our Christianity. In fact, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
love one another. That verse causes me to conclude that the proof of how you follow Jesus is seen in how you treat other believers. You're like, oh, but Pastor Justin, I really have a heart for my unsafe friends. That's great. Keep it. But the proof of your obedience to Jesus is how you love the person sitting next to you right now. Other believers. I'm not, I'm not speaking figuratively. I'm not speaking poetically. Literally right now, look to your left. Literally, do it. There we go. People were like, that's deep. My spiritual left. No, your actual left. Look to the other side. The way you treat this person is indicative of how closely you're following Jesus. You're like, yeah, but I'm really, I have a heart for my family. Good. Keep that heart for your family. But this is your real family. When you are baptized into one faith, one God, one truth, one baptism, this is what you have been baptized into. And we better figure this out. Because if we can't get along, eternity is going to be really long. (laughs) We're stuck together, friends. So you better learn to like this shirt because you're going to see it for a long time. (laughs) For a very long time. And it's going to look good because it looks good here. (laughs) But we have to figure this out, man. We've got to learn to love our brothers and sisters in the faith. Baptism isn't just about dying to sin. It's about being immersed into a new family. And Jesus, he said you have to be born of the water and born of the spirit. Without getting like all the way medical here or anatomical, hopefully you can at least follow me that when we are born of our mothers, we say like her water broke, the fluid and the release of the birthing moment is when a child goes from this dark world where they're isolated and on their own to then being brought into a family. And from the moment of that birth, when, when that child is released, but born of water into this world, they meet their family, they gain the name of their family, they gain the medical history of their family, they gain the socioeconomic status of their family, they gain, they gain the culture of their family, they gain the future of their family. In that one moment, they have taken on everything about the family they're born into. In the same way, in baptism, the moment that we are born of that spiritual water, we gain the name of Jesus, we gain the history of Jesus, we gain the future of Jesus, we gain the status of Jesus, we gain the authority of Jesus, we gain the family of Jesus. But I got news for you, now that you're in this family, you're not an only child. There's a big table in this house, and you have to learn to get along with this family. You have to learn to share. You have to learn to live together. And this verse says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with everyone, making allowances for your faults because of love. Make every effort to keep yourself united. Always be humble and gentle. Not sometimes, always. If your baptism isn't affecting the way you treat others, you're missing the point because this is what this verse concludes. Because you've been baptized, be patient with people. Give grace to other believers because they were baptized just like you in the same water. When you went into that water, the same dirt came off of your feet that came off of their feet. You're not better than them. You're not higher than them. Just because you are this and they are that doesn't mean you're any different. You went into that same tank and your hair came up messy just like theirs did. So be patient with them. We don't have the right to lash out at people, especially brothers and sisters in the faith. You're like, but Pastor Justin, it's a free country. When you said yes to Jesus, you left your country and entered a kingdom. You're like, no, no. But I'm an American Christian. 
No, you, there is no this or that kind of Christian. You are a Christian. And you live by the same kingdom rules that our brothers and sisters in Africa and India and China and all across the earth. We all live by one kingdom rule. So just because we happen to be in Florida doesn't mean we get a right to voice our angry opinion at someone and cut them down because we have brothers and sisters across the earth who are meeting in secret right now, still trying to live this Christ-like life. So we need to lay down our rights and take on the rules of the kingdom because there's one baptism that unites us all. We don't have the right to to lash out at people or to cut them down. Baptism levels the playing field. Be patient with people. Let's take a very real example. In a few minutes when we go to the parking lot, we're about to leave. I know it gets crazy out there, guys. First of all, it's a good problem. If you find yourself like, man, this church keeps growing and there's so many people here. Why is this parking lot so bad? Would you rather a church with space for just your car and you're the only person here? You should thank God when that parking lot is crazy because it means people are rushing to know the hope of Jesus. But it does get crazy, I know. I know, it gets crazy. There's only one way in and out, so it's just, it is what it is. But imagine that you're in that line of cars and you see Pastor Janice, our founding pastor, and she's inching her car forward and you see her. I think all of us would agree that our attitude would be, like, please, Pastor Janice. I'm sorry I even have a car. Like, please get in. I'll carry you to your destination. Like, because we have love and respect for her. But if someone else tried to inch their car in, I'm t- the fingers would be flying, the horn would be honking, you backslide, all your words would come out again. Why would you treat some people with love and respect and not others? It's because we don't have love for everyone. And baptism means I now have love for my whole family, not just the ones that I respect and that I can see. If you're my family, you're my family. They say that blood is thicker than water, but in this case, water is thicker than anything because the baptism pool is what unites us together. It's what makes us family. It levels the playing field, and it makes us who we are. If you can't show love to a brother and sister in Christ, how can you pretend to love God? They're right here. You can see them. So don't act like you love this one that you can't see if you can't love this one that you can see. Show love. Baptism is the moment that we step out of this drama and division and into the love of God. Baptism puts the fighting of man to death and brings the family of God to life. We bear our baptisms, Scripture, the way that Scripture describes it, some people might get offended at this, but it describes it like a tattoo, like as, as meaningful as a tattoo, like this, we are branded in baptism, with this irreversible commitment to the family of God, like, I'm one of them now. That's right. I'm not hiding it. I can't wash it off. I can't erase it. I'm one of them now. We are initiated into, my opinion, the best gang that's going to run these streets. We're part of something that's bigger than us, and you don't back out. You don't back down. And once we step into this family, we carry the name of this family. The last verse I want to share with you is this first idea in Ephesians. He said, walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling as a heavy phrase means that, that you should live up to what's already been given to you. The, that's the big difference about Christianity. You're, you're not trying to earn status from God. You're not trying to earn salvation. You're not trying to earn grace. It's been given freely to you, but now you're expected to live up to what you've already received. You've already been given it. Walk worthy of your calling. Bear the name of Jesus because it's been given to you.
There's a story of Alexander the Great, probably one of the greatest conquerors of all times, walking through his camp, and he came across uh, a guard who was on the perimeter who was supposed to be on duty uh, giving watch, and he was asleep. And the penalty for that was death because you're letting down basically everyone and you're not doing your job. And Alexander woke him up and he said, do you know the penalty for what you've done? And the young guard, the young boy basically said, yes, sir. And Alexander the Great said, what is your name? And the boy got even more scared because he knew how this was going to go. He said, my name is Alexander, sir. And Alexander the Great said, what is your name? And the boy said, Alexander. And he said, what is your name? Alexander. And he leaned in closer and he said, then change your name or change your conduct because you will not bear my name and behave this way. Friends, we have been given the name of Jesus, the name that illuminated the sky with stars, the name that fashioned atoms and molecules together, the name that demons flee from, the name that cancer disintegrates in front of, the name that fashioned canyons and mountains and, and, and beasts of all sizes, the name that breaks depression, the name that unites the nations. We bear that name and it's already been given to us. We're not earning it, we're not striving for it, we carry it already. So now we need to change our conduct. We need to walk worthy of that calling and in baptism, we're saying that I embrace what's already been given to me. I am going to live this life. If your baptism means nothing to you, if the water that was flicked your way doesn't carry much weight for you, it's probably not affecting the way that you live today. But if your baptism is something that is in the forefront of your mind at all times, then it's going to transform your life. Have you ever seen a couple who was like together, but they're not really telling people about it? Tell the truth and stay in church. You know, they're like, we're just... You know, we're not really letting people know. First of all, that's lame. It's lame. I'll say it again, it's lame. Because ma'am, you've probably convinced yourself like, we're just enjoying our time. But in reality, he doesn't want to tell anyone because he's got three side chicks and the minute he lets people know he's with you, he has to give up his options. If someone's going to love you, they need to love you publicly, not just privately. But what do we always say to couples like that? Guys, you got to make it Facebook official. You have to make it official because once you take the step to let everyone know that you have devotion to this person, that's when it becomes real. And by letting everyone know I'm with this person, I'm saying no to every other option and committing myself vulnerably and publicly and honestly to this person. It's much, it's much the same way with Jesus. We're in here in this Sunday morning service and we love him and it's private and we carry it with us. Maybe in our car, we listen to worship music, but then we go into work, we go into school, we go into our daily lives and we don't bear a public devotion to Jesus. Baptism is the way that we make it official that everyone sees and everyone knows I'm with Jesus. I've said no to every other option. I belong to him. I'm committed to him and I'm not turning back. So sin, you can go. Temptation, you can go. Devil, you can go. I belong to Jesus. And friends over there on the other side, if you want me, you know where to find me. If you want to come over here and still relate with me, if you need to look for me, look in Jesus, because I'm not straying from this place. I love you, I'll always be here for you, but if you need me, you know where to find me. It's a public declaration that we have made it official with Jesus. And today can be that day for you. Today will be that day for you. I look at my hand at this ring and on August 14th, 2010, I made a decision in front of this woman that had to change my behavior, my attitude, my perspective, the way I walk, the way I look at people, the way I talk, the way I speak, the way I spend my money. <laughs> I love you, Target. The way that I do everything. 
this one decision still, it was eight and a half years ago, that one decision still affects my behavior today. Baptism should affect your behavior every day of your life. How you talk, how you spend your money, where you go, what you say, how you dress, because it's, because it's making official your devotion to Jesus. And I believe today, if you've never been baptized, April 28th, 2019 at the second service of City of Life Kissimmee Campus can be the moment where your life is changed. And maybe you have been baptized as a child, but like me, right now your heart is pounding in your chest because you realize that water didn't carry the weight that it needed to. Today, April 28, 2019 can be the day that you make it official that from this day forward you believe and are baptized out of sin and into this family. And you're like, Pastor Justin, I don't want to get my jeans wet. Pastor Justin, I want to get my shirt wet. Friend, none of that matters. None of that matters. You're going to be dripping with water, but Jesus was dripping with blood. This is a symbolic act. You should have got the cross, but now you just get the pool. You should have gotten the tomb, but now you just get the water. You should have lost your breath, but now you just have to hold your breath. This is a symbolic act of a devotion to Jesus. Thanks for listening. Your generosity makes this broadcast possible. So if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here, click give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Join us again for more great teachings like this one.